Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. so good to be with you today. Uh, I've told folks in the early service that I uh, just don't even know really how to fully express how thankful we are um, to be here in the long road of prayer, the long road um, of, of waiting and working and watching the Spirit move to, to bring us here and watching that in the church as well. And, and we're just very thankful and very grateful and excited to be with you today. Um, let me read scripture for us as we get in uh, and begin here today. Jacob, we generally preach from here or up here. Am I good? Am I in the right? Okay, all right. Just want to make sure I'm in the right place. Again, the new guy, a lot I don't know still. And uh, just glad I showed up in the right place. We're going to be, all right, thank you. We showed up. Woo! Uh, set a low bar. Showing up is good. <laughs> We're going to be in, in Matthew 13. If you have your Bibles with you, your phones, whatever you can access scripture on. Uh, it'll be on the screen, if not, or if you just like to follow along. Matthew 13, 1 through 9 is where we're going to be. And this is what it says. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for today. It's a beautiful morning you graced us with today. It's a beautiful morning of worship, celebrating Elvia's new life in Christ and her decision to follow you and become a sister in Christ with all of us here today. Celebrate your work. We could name stories undoubtedly among us this week of the ways you've worked in our lives. We could name as well prayer concerns and things that weigh on us and things we're hoping for and, and things that we wish were different in the world. We, we come to you with this big ball of, of praise and need and lament and concern and worry and delight all rolled into one, God, but you are a God that hears each and every bit of it, that knows it before we can even voice it. And you're big enough to handle it all. So help us come to bring this all to you today. May we have peace in our hearts as we listen from a, for a word from you. In your name we pray. Amen. It's an odd thing and a difficult thing to preach the first sermon for a new pastor. You know, not because you don't know what to say or don't have enough to say. The problem is I've got like five to 10 years of sermons that I want to preach, you know? I've got stories and I've got passages. I've got things that I, I want us to learn together and I want us to do together and how I want hope without even knowing you all that we would grow together in certain things. And so it's kind of hard to put all of that on one Sunday and say, okay, 
how do you kick this off? Where do you start? And in the preacher's mind, anyway, it kind of ratchets up the expectations a little bit. So I want to kind of do the opposite of that today. And, and I thought we'd sort of take it down and, and set our expectations lower. So I'm expecting all of you, <laughs> lower the bar. This isn't going to be the most world-changing thing we've ever heard or something super creative you've never heard before. But kind of get back to the fundamentals. Let's go to a pretty simple passage, right, that the, the youngest among us and the wisest among us can all come to agreement on pretty easily. A passage many of you, if you've been in church very long, you've probably heard this or read this. And, and let's discuss a couple things together um, that might sort of launch us into this new season of ministry uh, in which we are entering here at Trinity Baptist Church. Uh, we're going to be in a parable, this parable that I read for us in, in Matthew. Parables are... Um, Stories. Jesus seemed to love to teach in story, and that should be a lesson for pastors. If I ever don't tell enough stories for you, please let me know. And most of you will leave on Sunday mornings and not remember maybe the scripture or the point, but you'll remember stories. Jesus was smart and told stories. When people ask him questions, when he wanted to make a point, he told stories. These parables are, some people call them short stories with a big point. Some people have called them earthly stories with a heavenly point. They're generally taken from the life of the people that he was living around and, and preaching to. They were farmers and they were family people and largely rural. Um, you know, it's a whole different world than the one that we live in. And so, so he would tell agricultural parables. He would tell family parables, things that they would have understood. The difficulty for us is that almost every parable has some surprise. It has something that's kind of shocking that the people would have been expecting a certain thing and then something else happens. But if you live 2,000 some odd years later, like we do, we don't always catch the trick. <laughs> we don't always catch the surprise because I don't know about you, but I've not been a first century farmer. I don't know how to, you know, raise wheat without, or I don't know how to raise wheat, period. But there are things we don't know. So it makes it a little bit difficult. So what I want us to do today is we're going to have two questions. And this is good for parables, these questions are. These questions are good for any time you're reading Scripture and just kind of go, I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of this. I don't really know what, what God is saying or what this means. Ask a couple things that can help. One, where, what do I learn about God in this passage? Just real simple. Like, what does this teach me about God? Does it teach me that God is loving? or you know, what, what is it that I really learn about God from this? And second, who am I supposed to be because of this? What do I learn about following this God in that passage? So I really want to look at this scripture today and visit about those two questions together. What do we learn about God here? Because what I have learned in my own life and watching others is when things are going pretty well, and it's a great Sunday, right? New pastor and things are going all right, right? There's no major crisis, at least right here that we know about. Uh, some of you probably have some, but in peacetime, you know, when things are going okay, we need to set in our mind who God is, what scripture says God is. Because when things start going bad and get difficult, whoever we have decided God is, we're going to react to that God. And if we get a wrong picture of God, a picture of an angry God or a vengeful God or a spiteful God or something, not a God of love, then it becomes very difficult in crisis. So as we start together, I want us to think about who God is. What, who does the Bible say God is? And then, how are we called to live in light of that? What does it say to us? So, first, what does this parable teach us about God? Most agree that if we look for God in this passage, he is in the 
position of the sower. It's kind of interesting, if you've ever gardened or farmed or anything like that, or know anything about it, a, a sower isn't a thing. Like, that's not a job. You have farmers, you, but you don't have, like, one person that plows and one person that sows and one person that does whatever else farmers need to do. It's not my specialty. No, you've, you've got farmers. They do all of it. Everybody does it. But here, for some reason, Matthew singles out the sowing and said, there's a sower, and he went out to sow. Now, I told this in the, the other service. It was, you know, it's got a big stage, fancy carpeting, all that. But I thought about like bringing like a satchel and a bunch of seed and just like start throwing seed everywhere. You know, it'd be a, a fun lesson. But uh, all of our great folks that helped clean everything would not be happy with me on my first Sunday if I did that. So I didn't want to start off the wrong foot. This is what we see. The sower went out to sow. And what, if we're paying attention, we see immediately is that he's really bad at it. So hear that, God is the sower, and God's not a great sower. Like if you're a farmer, seed is precious. Seed is expensive, it's hard to find, it takes a lot of time to cultivate it. For them, they couldn't just go buy it, they had to cultivate it and save it. Seed corn, you know, year after year. And here is God just throwing it in the rest of it. Just, okay, there's an open space and a path. There's a bunch of birds. We're not feeding birds, but let's throw lots of seed over there. Lots of seed. Oh, the birds are taking it. Okay, fine. Oh, there's this, boy, this is some thin, rocky, pitiful soil. But let's cover it up. Cover it up. Sowing seeds. Throwing, oh, here's those bramble patches and thorns and weeds. You can't even see to the bottom of it, but soak that in seed. Just cover it. Cover it up in seed. Oh, here's a nice cultivated field. Well, there too. Throw seed. God is an indiscriminate sower of seed. Good ground, bad ground, risky ground, safe bets. God is sowing seed upon seed. David Garland was one of my uh, professors and colleagues when I worked at Truett Seminary before coming here. And he said this, he said, God sows with abandon, but in hope. So if we're looking, then what does God sow? God sows love, and God sows blessing, and God sows forgiveness, and God sows mercy, and God sows grace, and God sows salvation. God sows the seeds of the gospel to transform us liberally and freely. The prodigal son, you know that word prodigal, sometimes we think it means like the guy who was, you know, bad or ran away. No, what it, prodigal means wildly Proliferous, like wildly generous is what that word means. God sows wildly generous, almost wastefully. So if we're looking for God here, if we're like sinking it into our minds and our hearts and our souls, who God is and how God deals with us, hear this from scripture. God is a God who sows wildly. Whether we are a safe bet, whether we are a risky bet, whether we are soil that's good soil, quote unquote in the passage, ready to receive, whether we are rocky, thin soil, where we are a paved over path with no interest in God, whatever sort of the state of our heart and soul, God is ready to pour out in us if we will receive him. So as we start this new season, attempt through prayer, through working to sink that in your heart and mind. Who is God? God is the God who sows blessing and mercy and compassion indiscriminately and freely and wildly. Which brings us to our second question. 
What does this passage teach us about following God faithfully? Well, first, there's two things, I think. First, very quickly, Paul says in the other parts of Scripture, we are to be imitators of God. And if we who are following God, attempting to follow God, are to be imitators of God, then, then we learn from who he is. And so there's something to be said for us in how we love others, how we serve others, how we give of the time and energy and resources God has given us, how we view others in our world. If God is one who sows everything that he has into the world liberally, that is a call for us to also serve others selflessly, to also give of what God has given us, be that small, be that large, whatever that is, to, to be generous in giving, generous in serving, generous in love, generous in compassion, generous in grace, generous in the fruits of the Spirit, generous in all that God has given us to be that way, imitate God by that in our life. It's a constant struggle. It's one we never get down pat and are always called to evaluate in our life. So first, imitate God. Second, there's a challenge for us in the soil. If, we're, if God is the sower and we're looking for where you and I are as followers of God, those trying to follow God, we are the soil. It's interesting that what makes a change in the passage what makes a change in the story is not God. God is sowing. God is pouring out. God is pouring out things on those who would receive it. What makes the difference is the receptivity of the soil. It's the condition, if we, if we are the soil, the condition of our hearts, the condition of our souls. Are we ready and able and willing to receive what God has to give, what God has to pour out and let that bloom in our lives? This is the challenge. We have four things that are talked about here. One, you know, it's stolen away by birds. And we're here today. I'm not going to get into this one a lot because we're here. So it means the gospel has done something in your life. Someone has shared something with you about Jesus or you wouldn't be here. So you're already not in that where, you know, the gospel came and maybe at some other time in your life it was stolen away, but there's gospel seeds or you're here. So we're, we're at one of these other ones. But maybe, you know, the second falls into rocky soil, thin soil, and the seeds sprout up because there's something there. That's a good thing, right? So these are our disciples. These are people that are in the kingdom following Jesus, right? These aren't someone outside of that. So any number of us are in this at various points in our life. There's something there of God and it sprouts up, but there's just not enough depth. And when things get hot, when there's crisis or trauma or any number of things and stresses in our life, it just, it just kind of withers away. And then maybe it goes away, but more likely it comes back to life again we lived in Marble Falls for, for quite some time. Uh, several years ago, I pastored there, and we bought a, a house, and it was a house, a starter home being built, and they would put three inches of topsoil in our front yard. And boy, we paid for it, so I was going to go like measure that we got not two and seven-eighths inches, but three inches of topsoil. Went around. The problem was that was on top of a granite mountain, <laughs> pretty much. And so, boy, it came out early. We had lovely, or Bermuda grass is beautiful. 
And then July happens. And, you know, Marble Falls is kind of like San Antonio, a lot of water restrictions, and you can't just pour it on all the time. And every year, I would work so hard at it and tend it and mow it, and it just burned to a crisp every year. Our faith can be like that. Boy, there's something beautiful there. But we're not yet mature enough that it, it, it goes down deep and has those roots and resources to last in crisis, to last in times of great stress and turmoil. Or maybe, you know, the other is the thorns. The sower sows seeds, and it, it takes root, and it's there. There may be soil there, but there's so much else going on. There's thorns, and there's weeds, and there's competition, and, and those other ones just choke out the life of faith. You felt like that before? There's just, you wanted to. There's just too much else going on, too many other things in life pulling you down and pulling you this way and out, and it just chokes out the things of God in our life. And then finally, there's the good soil. And there's various types of it, right? Various qualities and quantities. And some produce 30-fold, some, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. But, but the seed is there and basically doing what it is supposed to do. And that's a wonderful thing. It's where we're all aiming. This is not a complicated text. Again, you know, very young, you can read this and understand it. Very old and wise, you could probably still be applying it to your life. That's the miracle of Scripture. You can understand it and yet come back to it again and again, and it continues to speak to us and preach to us. The difficulty is facing it squarely. This is told, this part of it, is told to the insiders, to the disciples, to those that are followers of Christ. And the challenge is for us to look at our lives honestly and squarely and say, evaluate. And really only we can do this, perhaps maybe those very closest to us. It's certainly not for me to do. But to look at our own lives and say, what type of soil are we? Where is our life in this passage? I mean, does your life sometimes feel like that, that thin, rocky soil? The gospel take its root, is sprouted, but it's languishing. Maybe crisis has made it really hard for follow God. Maybe a church or people of God hurt you at some point in your past, and you can't really separate what you think about God from the people of God that hurt you. Or maybe, who knows, right? There's abuse, there's trauma, there's any number of things in our life that they can just make it hard for the gospel to take root and grow and grow deep. And we go through some of the same patterns again and again and again, and it's, it's difficult. Maybe your life feels more like the thorns. The gospel's taken root, but God, there's just so much else going on that just threatened to squelch it and choke it out. This could be anything. I mean, it can be things like work. Our family can be. We can so prioritize kids and family sometimes that they become our God and we're so wrapped up in them, which is a good thing, but it's out of priority. We can still be wrapped up in a good thing that... God has no place, no room, and it squeezes God out. It can be more difficult things in addiction, mental health, physical health challenges that aren't being deal with. Boy, sometimes our, our challenges, our health challenges such that our world just shrinks to those challenges, to that pain, to that anxiety, and there's no room for anything else, and that's so difficult. Our family and friends can take our time and our energy 
trauma in our past that just won't let go. All of these in the right condition can just choke out what God is wanting to do in our lives. Or do you look around and see a yield? Do you see some fruit? Maybe you're not who you want to be quite yet. None of us are. Not perfect. None of us are. But you can honestly say, man, no, God is doing something here. God is doing something. You know, the old saying is, I'm not who I want to be, but thank God I'm not who I was. We're in the journey. We're on the path. And there's some fruit being produced. We, all of us, need, need to face this and really think and pray. And this is not about condemnation. It's about encouragement and challenge of, of how we can receive the gospel. I think honestly, most of us aren't one or the other. Most of us are a complicated field. It's got some thorns in some corner. It's got some rocky places over here on a ridge. It's got some good soil down in the bottom. And we're trying to work on all of it. We got different places in our lives and we are all works in progress. It's interesting that Jesus gives the conditions for the unhealthy soil. He talks about why the unhealthy soil. He doesn't talk about what creates the healthy soil, which is interesting. That's what we're going to do the next three weeks. I hope you'll come back and really talk about how do we cultivate healthy soil? Because if we zoom in on this passage, which we're doing today, and we zoom out, and we take all of the Bible, here's the really good news. We're going to extend this metaphor of the soil. God doesn't create us as one or the other and leave us there. We may be rocky and thin right now. You, you may feel like you're in the middle of the thorns, or you may feel like the gospel's been stolen from you before you had a chance to hear it, but God doesn't leave us in that place. God comes in and removes the rocks in time. God comes in and brings compost and makes that thin soil deep and thick. God comes in and tears out the thorns and the brambles and plows it under where there's new life there. All of us, no matter where we are on this soil spectrum, can move toward that healthy place. That's part of the sowing God wants to do in our lives, to move us to this place of health, to move us to this place where we're participating in the kingdom of God, to move us to this place where we are a blessing to the world around us in the name of Jesus. And that's really what we're going to talk about for the next three weeks, how we go about some of the things we do to help cultivate this. So here's the challenge today, friends, twofold. Fix in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, dwell on it this week, the image of who God is. So much in our world and sometimes in our past wants to tell us God condemns us, that God would be ashamed of us, that God doesn't want much to do with us, that God sits back with his arms crossed just waiting for us to screw up, and that is not in here. God is the God who loves us. With an unlimited storehouse of blessing, God is sowing it into creation. Grace and mercy and forgiveness and love, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. I think I missed one of those in there. The best things in life God is wanting to sow to us liberally, freely, joyfully, add all the adverbs we can. Keep them running. This is who God is. Believe it. Fix it in our minds. 
And for Trinity Baptist Church, would this be the image of God we hold moving forward in, in every worship service and in every meeting and prayer meeting and Bible study and, and everything that's going on at the Alpha Home every week and everything that we're doing, would this be the image of God that we have that carries us forward? That's first. Two, would you think seriously about what soil you are this week? Be honest, there's no no benefit in fooling ourselves because there's no condemnation in this. Do you feel thin? What, what do you need God to do for you? Do you feel like the thorns are, are choking you out or threatening to? What do you need from God? How, how can this church help you in that? What do you need in your life? Do you feel like you're that healthy soil? Praise God. What is God leading you to do and to be? That's the challenge. Who is God to you? and How are you going to follow him today? It's a challenge for all of us every day. Friends, this is a time of our invitation when all of us, whether we've been here, maybe you're visiting today and haven't been to church in a while. Maybe you've you know, been coming since the beginning of TriPoint and far before that. We all have a, a responsibility to respond to what God is doing in our life. For those of you who feel like, man, this, there's this... Uh, seed of the gospel of Jesus. I'm believing in Jesus and experience Jesus in a new way, and I want to make that public like Elvia has done and baptized, then we'll be down here to pray with you and talk with you about that and perhaps follow in baptism. If you don't have a church and you would like a church to call home and kind of officially become a member, we'd love for you to, for this to be your home and to be a family of faith for you. And we can talk about that. If you just need to pray, uh, you just need a word of encouragement. If you just want to come up, pray on your own or pray with one of our ministers, we are here for you to do that. But the challenge for all of us is to respond to what God is leading us to be and to do. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.